Hello and welcome to the DigiNable podcast. Two words, two words which are pretty much at the front of my head right now. Summer done. <laughs> it's been quite an intense summer this year, hasn't it? It has. And also, it, you know, it's 20 degrees right now. And, and so as much as it's, you know, kind of summer is supposedly over, it's actually a, quite a nice September so far. Yeah, I mean, to let you in a bit, of, you know, let, let's not ruin the illusion of podcasting, because I know you're all probably sat there thinking right now that we're just sat in a dark room waiting for you to click play, at which point we do a live podcast <gasps> just for you. That would be so cool. What, we do that? living in a dark room? Well, no, but they're like, you know, play a podcast on demand. That sounds pretty cool. In fairness, we're not far off it, save on the electric bill and all that. <laughs> But um, it's not. It's not live. We're pre-recording, and we're pre-recording it in the middle of a week, just after the summer holidays are finished. It's absolutely roasting outside. It looks like it's going to be about 26 degrees today. But as far as the calendar is concerned, and certainly as far as the parents are concerned, summer <laughs> done. Um, it's always a really interesting week for us as a business, isn't it? Because we, we have to make certain... Um, we have to be prepared for those summer holidays because for a lot of the training that we normally do, people aren't around, yeah. people are looking after yeah. kids. They don't necessarily have the flexibility they normally do. Yeah, sure. Obviously, from my point of view with the charity I work with, Charlie FC Community Foundation, we do a lot during the summer to give kids activities to do. So it feels like it's been a very, 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 <laughs> very, very... How many are you going for there? Very, 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 very intense six weeks. Oh, okay. However, massively, massively rewarding. Brilliant. It's interesting, actually, because I always think, you know, it's an interesting topic in business that keeps coming up about give back and sort of Mm. doing stuff um, to give back to the communities you're actually from. Yeah. And I know, and I know we both do, I know you do this with a lot of your work as well, we kind of give a lot back and we spend a lot of time working with charities and we spend a lot of time volunteering ourselves. And I do sometimes get people say to me, but why do you do it? It must be exhausting. Mm. You're putting so many hours. Yeah. I will tell you exactly why I do it. We've just done six weeks of really hard work. And I say we, I kind of fill in the paperwork. I've got football coaches and managers that yeah. take care of the actual work. Although, although when, when I hear about an injury that we've had, my brain goes <laughs> absolutely haywire. <laughs> but at the end of six weeks, I got a letter from one parent on Saturday. And it just talked about how their daughter attended some of the football camps. She's been coming to the games at Chorley FC. And it was such a nicely written letter that talks about her confidence has improved so much over the summer holidays. The end of the school last year, finishing um, junior school, primary school, I'm not sure the actual sort of term for it, but she was the kind of shy girl in class who didn't really get involved. And he just said, from the stuff she's done with us as a foundation, so much more confidence now, really looking forward to her first year at high school. And that's the sort of difference Brilliant. that you know you make yeah. um, from volunteering and sort of helping people out. So yeah. so that's kind of why it happens. So yes, it's exhausting. Yes, it's intense. But we know the difference it makes to people's lives is phenomenal. Yeah. And that goes for every charity, every community group, everyone out there that gives their time to help others um, from the business world. Just know that you're doing absolutely amazing things. However... Now our brain switches. Actually, before our brain switches, we should switch back right to the start. My name's Darren, by the way. <laughs> and my name's Liz. Hello. <laughs> yes. we, we are the DigiNable team, the DigiNable slash CanDo Leads team. Um, and we do everything you need to know, digital marketing and lead generation. And the switch I was talking about, and I've only got this in my head because someone mentioned it at one of my networking groups the other day. And as soon as they mentioned it, the groan echoed, echoed loudly around mm. the room, but it's well on its way. Christmas. Yay! You're such a Christmas person, aren't you? No, actually I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm absolutely into autumn, fall and Halloween. And I know when people start talking about Christmas, 
Halloween is coming. Oh, so we've got now that that's first. my thing. What are you looking forward to most about Halloween? Is it the weather? Is it is it the plethora of horror films that suddenly hit our screens? Oh, so many things. So yes, I am an absolute horror movie fan. So going to the cinema and trying to see as many of the horror films, even the B movie ones that are only going to be in the cinema for a week because everyone thinks that they're rubbish. I want to watch all of them. Uh, there's loads of stuff actually because of the streaming platforms there's loads of stuff that goes straight to streaming platform like it would have done straight to dvd or straight to vhs depending on how old you are um and i just love being able to have everything taste and smell of pumpkin spice (laughs) um i've already had my first pumpkin spice latte of the season it was the 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 secret day it was was technically still summer at that point yeah it was a gorgeous sunny day and the 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 lovely lady that i had a a coffee with uh, even bought that for me and she was having a cold drink from the fridge so that was how hot we were going but it was the first day of pumpkin spice latte season on like secret order before it gets released to general public. See, I'm even in like the secret pumpkin spice latte club. Um, I get emails all the other times of the year, but that's the only time I'm actually really bothered. So loving the Halloween bit and the fall bit and the, you know, let's face it, I am a Lancashire Rose. I don't really deal well with heat. So autumn is like my perfect time to kind of, uh, you know, settle down, get on with stuff, maybe have a holiday in a hot country, come home to the UK and have that nice balance <laughs> as we go. I, I am have this vision of, and I'm struggling with the sort of Lancashire Rose idea a yeah. little bit because you've gone from I'm a Lancashire Rose, which makes me think kind of, delicate and susceptible yeah, and, and kind yeah, of just, just yeah. stays out of the sun yeah. yet when you describe pumpkin spice latte yeah. you sounded like the cookie monster <laughs> like, pumpkin spice latte everywhere, yes. <laughs> everywhere. Um, but it's good it seems I've been to the cinema quite a few times over the last few weeks and it does seem all the trailers and stuff at the moment are all about the Halloween films yes. that are due to yeah. come out it, fe- it feels like the film the film everyone's talking about at the moment is going to be Saw Saw 10 Yes, looking forward to that. Um, they've they've said that it's going to be the last one. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like where we've had the Halloween series over the years. They said that that was the last film they were going to produce. And then did seven more. Uh, well, I mean, different people have done different things with it because it's a franchise, so people keep buying the franchise. Um, but I do really think this will be the... <laughs> Next one, Jason does Starbucks. <laughs> Jason does pumpkin spice latte. Well, I mean, he might have to diversify his business, you know. This is my lack of film knowledge, because I just realised, as soon as I said Jason, that's not even Halloween, is it? No, no, that's... Michael Myers. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've got some learning to do. We can delete that bit. We can delete <laughs> it. But this also explains well, actually, when you saw because I know I know you always try and get away at Christmas as well, don't you? And have a little bit of a holiday yeah, and a little definitely. bit of a break. And we've talked about this in the past. In some ways, we're, we're lucky that we sort of own our own business and we have mm. that kind of flexibility because if you can time your holidays right and you don't have to wait until Christmas week to actually take that holiday. Yeah you find proper bargains. Dirt cheap holidays. If you have the luxury of not having to go in the summer holidays when the kids are off, you can find some really good deals out there. Uh, So Log Cabin in the Lake District in the UK is where you'll find me around Christmas time. But not Christmas Day because that's like extortionate amounts of money. Uh, So yeah, generally the week before. But don't tell everyone because (laughs) then everyone will start start buying a holiday at that particular time of year. Unfortunately, I'm afraid the whole nature of this podcast is we give all these secrets out to people and we tell people how to benefit more from the internet. (laughs) 
I had this conversation with someone the other week about flights at Christmas because it was always there's you might not know this but Google basically have a plugin on their website mm. where if you put in where you want to go they'll search for the best flights for you and traditionally they've always had like an optimum time that you would go for so maybe it's like three weeks ahead of actually going that's the best time you're going to get the best prices I don't know whether this is a a new thing or a kind of post-covid thing but now they're saying it's actually a lot earlier that you need to be on this to get the best prices like three times earlier um i think you're absolutely right i think it's a really useful uh tool i think people are i think it does have something to do with covid i think people are planning a lot I'm so more now not to say the word covid oh i, was I, th- trying oh, I, oh, I heard it i know i, I heard the word yeah um i also saw a news article or someone posted something the other day referring to the potentially being another like bout of yes lockdowns and i was like where's this come from couldn't find any details anywhere. So I think there's, you know, that kind of online misinformation, yeah, yeah, scaremongering yeah. thing that, that we now kind of I know. genuinely think, I think COVID from moving forward is going to be one of those things that we refer to with kind of rabbit ear commas. So we'll kind of talk The it. COVID do, years. Do, do, do you remember the dark times? You know when Harry Potter refer, refers to um, the he who shall not be named? <laughs> so his name. I, I do think we're going to start doing that with COVID. Yeah, now. well, fair enough. But, but yeah, I mean, top tip there. If you are sort mm-hmm. of looking for flights to go on holiday, and you're going to use the Google tools. Don't wait until the start of December to start doing this. You kind of want to be looking now or maybe a month from now. And because people are really buying them up, that's mm-hmm. when you're going to want to get the best prices. So that's it. If you listen to nothing else that we talk about today, we've just saved you a fortune and you're going away for Christmas. Sweet. That's well worth it. Dumb. Well yeah. worth it. That's it. Tick. Yeah. Should we go now? <laughs> well, let's, let, let's carry on. So for those of you new to this podcast, welcome. Um, we generally share three news articles uh, that are relevant in the digital sphere at the moment. Um, and then we have three top tips and then we finish with our favourite thing of the month. Um, so Christmas, flights, brilliant. Are we counting that as article one? That's, that's number one. one. That's okay. number one. We're done now. Yeah. Okay. You know, we, that, that's, that's, you know, a piece of knowledge and news as well because there was a, a news article uh, about it recently. count the fact that Saw 10's coming out as article two? I mean, does not everyone know that already? So it doesn't count as news. Uh, okay, okay, uh, fair enough. I'll tell you what we do need to talk about, actually, and we've talked about this a lot over recent months, is AI. Absolutely. And, and it's something that's not going away, and it's developing at such a pace. Um, I saw an article the other day that kind of talks about chat GPT is almost kind of losing popularity. And when you sort of go out mm. there and you look at what people are saying and what's going on in the business world, actually, you think, how can that be? Because awareness is growing so, so fast. And people's use of it is growing exponentially as, as they sort of explore and they find different ways to use it. However, I think the reason why its usage is dropping at the moment is because there's various competitors that are popping up and doing this, but people are starting to get frustrated with its popularity a little bit, and that seems to be the case. Now, we took the decision a while ago because we use ChatGPT like a lot of people will do in yeah. terms of generating ideas and putting structure to ideas which we then can develop when we actually create our own content. However, we subscribe to the premium account very, very, very quickly. Mm, Almost as many varies as the varies that I had before. (laughs) But the reason we did this is because if you don't have the paid account and it's a little bit busy because lots of people have using it, you just get a message that flashes up and say, sorry, we're too busy, please come again later. If you're marketing and and you need that kind of urgency to kind of get stuff created, you can't wait until later. So you've got two choices. Stop using ChatGPT and go somewhere else. Or 
pay the premium a lot of people still don't don't seem willing to pay the premium at this stage and i think it's with a lot of trends as well because it was a hot topic everyone was having a play about with it everyone was looking at what sort of things they could create off it there was a lot of just playing around and like testing the water whereas now i think the chat gpt usage dropped in june And I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that people have gone and done what you've said and actually gone for a pro version because it's it's one of those things where it becomes a problem of its own success. So many people want it. I mean, you know, that's again, that's a trend. You know, you kind of test demand. And if there is demand, you start charging people for it. You know, there's a load of online tools that are like that. And yet then we think, like, okay, well, how do we use it? Um, and then the chat GPT for enterprise has come out this past couple of months and that's for you know the big boys in the companies you know I think we had um, KPMG on that list as well where they wanted to use chat GPT for their stuff but they were worried about privacy concerns of the data because they didn't want their data going in and then going into a pool of where everyone else can Search for it. Absolutely, because it's something people seem to forget about artificial intelligence, that by design, it learns from the data that's put into it. So while you think you might be sharing information which is going to influence what ChatGPT is going to churn out for you, that's absolutely what it's doing. But what it's also doing is retaining that information because then that's educating itself for future content which is going to be produced. So absolutely, if you're writing stuff in which is commercially sensitive, is Mm. not stuff you particularly want to share, is stuff that you consider you have some kind of IP over... You don't want to be entering that. Mm. However, now ChatGPT for Enterprise has increased their privacy coverage. You've almost kind of got that guarantee. Although, again, guarantee in inverted Yeah, commas. exactly. Um, that's, that the information you put into it shouldn't be being used yeah. to educate the wider platform. Yeah. And I think it's as good as who's actually storing it. You do have to you know, look into the, the details. I know um, Twitter, or now called X, um, have put in their privacy... Uh, update recently you know the terms and conditions that people tick that no one ever actually reads um well i read it and one of the things in there that they've updated it to is that any public content so any tweets on twitter slash x that you're posting in actually will be feeding the ai algorithm for future you know everyone's trying to create their own version of chat gpt because it isn't just chat gpt that's out there there's lots of other tools that are very similar for yeah. generated content well and also lots of different levels of chat gpt as well i mean we you, you may not know but we actually provide a piece of software to some of our clients um called can connect which is basically a sort of marketing um, piece of software that allows you to do your marketing much simpler than if you were just trying to do it by yourself and we've recently incorporated chat gpt into that so when you're communicating with clients there's an AI aspect which allows that communication to take place. But we're seeing this across the board now, that different companies who have got technology as part of what they offer, it's becoming increasingly easy to pull this into it. Mercedes have now actually built ChatGPT into their cars, (laughs) so it can intelligently learn from what you're doing and make suggestions to you based on this and based on the rest of the information it's collected, which is ridiculously smart, but Mm. we're accelerating at such a fast pace now. Yeah, and I think if, you know, Mercedes are taking it on uh, themselves to put things like ChatGPT into, uh, you know, their basically their dashboard media system so you can ask it a question uh, as if you had, you know, your phone with Google, really. It's just it's all going to be inbuilt into it. 
Um, but, you know, I think that they're seeing it as a money-making opportunity as well because if you want to buy a new car, you know, if you're into that trend, you're going to buy the one that's got ChatGPT on it. Yeah, and this is the bit that I think is going to be very, very interesting over the next few months is I don't think there's a single person out there now that has either not had some kind of conversation or become aware of ChatGPT, mm. what they're probably not considering is that full utilisation of this in the future is going to come at a cost and probably more than they actually expect it mm. to cost. I know you, you've had a couple mm. of conversations because you came back into the office and mentioned <laughs> this the other day where you started talking about the prices of applications to one of your mates and they mm. were like, there's no way I'm paying that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we were talking about Microsoft. I'd seen this article where they're charging now for Microsoft 365 Copilot, which is the Microsoft equivalent of uh, ChatGPT, does a very similar thing, but they own it and they're running the algorithm and the content that's in it sounds like it's going to be great you know it's going to auto populate your word documents and your spreadsheets and your powerpoint presentations however the latest news is that it's going to cost businesses 30 dollars per user per month just to have access to the ai bit of it that's on top of whatever business package you're already paying. My mate didn't actually, like, believe me. I was like, listen, here's the article. So I've put the link in the show notes because we are thinking, Liz, I don't believe you. Um, they may change their mind based on everyone going, well, that's like 53, 83% increase in what I'm already paying to Microsoft. You know, if you're not on a Mac system, you're basically locked down yeah, yeah. to a Microsoft system you know, you kind of got either or going on. And so, you know, you're kind of boxed into a corner of what resources you can then install, you know, unless you're a geek and you can install Linux, you know, there are other options, but you do have to be quite computer competent to be able to run those sorts of things. Well, there was four very important words there in what you just said, which a lot of people don't really sort of pay attention to until it's time to actually pay the bill. And it's that per user per month. Oh, yeah. Because if you say to somebody that $30 for using AI per month, you kind of go, all right, that's fine. That's not really expensive. But if you're a team of 10 people, <laughs> that's now $300 per month that you're paying and the bills really start to rack up. Absolutely. And I think that is what we're going to have to keep an eye on. I mean, it's not unusual because I think if you look through a lot of kind of SaaS products, um, software as a service, they do employ that per user per month. Yeah, model absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so it is kind of accepted within the industry yeah. as a way of doing things. Yeah. However, for a lot of the end users that have got used to this free churn out your blogs kind of package so far, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system. Absolutely. And, you know, as always, it's always about checking, you know, if there's a pop-up that says subscribe to this premium version 10-day trial that, you know, you you are thinking, well, do I want to test it? And what does the date of that that trial end? Because, you know, you, you can you can get financially quite, you know, screwed over um, if you just let things tick over and you don't actually need them. You know, we do digital reviews with, with businesses and organisations and find a lot of the time that, as an organization, someone signed up for a package, we're paying for it, but actually no one's using it. And, and what are we doing with that? During 2020, not saying it, there we go, um, a lot of people reviewed and thought, right, how can we cut some costs? What are we already paying for? Can we get rid of some of those things? 
it's a great thing to do every year, every six months, because then you capture these things that you realize, what am I paying? You know, like the $18 a month soon add up. If you've got three or four things that you've done a trial on, then you've paid the pro version, but then you've not actually used it. You know, there's loads of opportunities to actually just get rid of some of those. And, and not just getting rid of stuff. I, I was doing a bit of an audit with a solicitor recently and we we're looking through all the software that they had at their disposal. And actually what we realised is during that period that you were just talking <laughs> about, over the first six months, they went a bit crazy on AppSumo. Oh, so, so they brilliant. bought lots of lifetime deals to software yeah. and they were now talking to us about software solutions they were looking at other software mm-hmm. solutions and when we actually dug into it they'd already paid for lifetime deals for stuff that did exactly the same thing so yeah. I was saying to them don't even consider this unless you want to completely dismiss this yeah. because you don't like the way it works mm. and again you find that with a lot of people as well they will have signed up to something at some point or they'll have duplicate um, services they're provided by different companies that do exactly the same thing and there are lots of very easy ways to cut down on the costs when doing that but yeah that's another top tip for today do a software audit Mm, go through your email and just have a look at your receipts and what you've bought because there's a high chance because we find this probably in every business we work with you've paid for something or subscribed or signed up to something at some point and you've just stopped paying attention. Yeah, you're not seeing it absolutely. going out. So please do so. Um, should we talk fitness um, for a little while, actually? Because this is very much in my head. Again, at the time of recording, I'm about to go on a bit of a fitness challenge this weekend. I'm doing the go fundraiser for Pendleside Hospice. Um, I'm going to walk 100,000 steps in a 24-hour period this Saturday. That's Saturday the 9th compared to where we are now. Um, it's going to be an intense challenge, but it really does kind of start to focus your mind on how fit you actually are. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about this, because if you follow me on LinkedIn, I've banged on about it endlessly <laughs> for about a month now, and we'll do for another week before I'll kind of stop and move on to the next thing. But um, we were talking in the office the other day about Peloton yeah. and what they're doing at the moment, because Peloton really exploded during the pandemic and everyone was buying home bikes everyone was buying the software to go with it even if you weren't buying the equipment you were subscribing to their mm-hmm. teaching and their kind of um, workout platform because you could follow what was mm-hmm. on there yeah they at the moment are making a very very interesting transition now into the business market rather than the consumer market mm-hmm. because and and we work very closely with some companies that do this in the lancashire area wellness is very high on the agenda at the moment yeah definitely and i think you know as businesses you should always be and also charities and non-profits as well let's face it anyone who's um trying to run some sort of organization needs to diversify you know i mean the peloton at home scenario is completely saturated if you wanted a peloton bike or a tread they've turned into treadmills as well you've probably got one already you know, it might be like I have over the years, you know, just become a bit of a clothes horse uh, and you're not using it. However, you know, there's only so many people that are ever going to want to buy it. And I think the COVID period, most people will have bought it already. So to diversify into the business market, I think it's a really smart move. You know, thinking about what am I offering? Is it that we want to offer something new or is it that we want to offer it to a new group of people or new group of of, you know sectors so i think it's a really smart move um they're doing uh wellness within business they're going to make it into a corporate package so i'm definitely worth keeping an eye on in terms of uh how they run their business and how they're diversifying their model at the moment and i think it's really going to get taken up because if you look at those businesses that that really have a focus on culture within their teams and they're trying to offer those incentivized packages which aren't just about cash and aren't just about holiday Mm -hmm. days giving them access 
to a wellness package yeah. and a keep fit package is a really nice add-on to be able to offer to that. And from the looks of what they're talking about online, for many businesses, not a really expensive solution either. So it will be interesting to see where that goes. Let's just shift our attention very briefly um, to social media. And I'm going to need you to lead on this because I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm still not convinced and I'm still not bought into it, but more and more people are asking questions about what's going on with threads. Okay, so I like threads because it's basically like wipe the slate clean and start again. Um, There are loads of pros and cons of threads at the moment. A big stat out there was it's become the fastest growing social media platform. It had 30 million signups in its first 16 hours. I think it's because you had to have an Instagram account already and that kind of automated the process of creating your own threads app. Um, They've just launched a web app. Um, I know a lot of you know that we do a lot of work with a disability charity and so actually we're really conscious of accessibility a lot of the time, uh, especially with digital tools. Um, Threads is rubbish for accessibility. They they haven't even figured out how to put an image alt tag on a picture so it isn't great it isn't accessible however a lot of people are getting onto it because it moves them away from twitter or x which has um massively dropped down in its percentages uh, in terms of reach but it's also the new opportunity to um you know kind of link that up really because um threads is like starting again so it it's a bit more personable people are a bit more sharing fun posts you can't currently schedule anything onto threads so you know when someone's posting it they're posting it live um and it feels like a bit more of a community again so i like it i know it's not as exciting as maybe something like twitter uh was in the heyday but i think it's having a bit of a reboot so lots of lots of pros and cons and i'm keeping an eye on it i love having a a flick through my feed and it being all fun and memey and not as much selling as i think where twitter had got to because of the scheduling and i suppose that's one of the things that seems to be the benefit of it is that rather than what's happened with a lot of social media platforms where there's a lot of advertising and you're you're having content pushed at you yeah at the moment you're really just seeing what you've actively selected to be a part of so uh it's a mixture actually so your feed does have your content but it is actually an algorithm based feed so you do have to pull down and refresh to see new content at the moment there isn't a way of saying yes i like this content no i don't so it's like really like basic starter social platform and i guess that's what the pull is because a lot of people who have been using socials for a very long time see it as an opportunity to almost like delete your account and start again now clearly most people won't ever do that so it's kind of moving away to a new platform to test something. I think the momentum's clearly dropped now. I think everyone who's got a threads is going to get a thread. Um, but interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, and they're going to stay active because, and this is what we were talking about in the last podcast, they, they've built it in a sticky way where you're now kind of stuck with threads because if you try to delete your account, your Instagram will go with it. Yeah, yeah. So a big top tip uh, for people who haven't done it yet, a lot of people are suggesting create a brand new Instagram account just to do threads. definitely. However, what I like is you can go on Instagram with someone who you're already connected with and it has a little button that says here's here's my account on threads instead so it is a bit more streamlined well it's always interesting how it develops isn't it and i think what seems to be going on the moment is a lot of people 
are partaking, but actually more than anything, they're watching. Because like, like anything in the digital marketing sector, people tend to just sort of lurk for a while and see what else is doing before they jump in. I mean, I, you can apply this to sort of SEO as well. I was with um, a client that we've just started working with the other day and they were asking me questions about their website's architecture and the structure and how it's laid out. And they couldn't understand why one of the services that they're offering is nowhere to be found on Google. The answer was really simple. They had a service page, and on that service page, there was just a list of all 12 services they offer and a paragraph on each one. Mm, But from Google's point of view, nothing there stands out. And if nothing stands out, they're not going to rank any of it because they can't distinguish what the service is you're trying to offer. So, so, and we'll, we'll stick a link in the notes to, a, to an article that'll kind of explain this a little bit more, but something you should be considering with your websites is something that referred to as pillar pages, um, where if you do have those posts where it lists your 12 services, or the 15 areas that you're located in, or the type of clients that you want to work with, that should not be the end of that chain of pages. Yeah. Each one of those individual sections should then go off to a page in its own right that talks more about that service. So if you want that service to be ranked on Google, by all means have a pillar page where all those services are listed, but then link that to a page where you just talk about that service by itself. That page is the one that will get ranked because it's very obvious to Google what you're talking about. But like I say, we'll stick a link into that because... There's a lot of websites we're coming across at the moment that don't do this, and they are incredibly useful, especially for generating that organic traffic for what you do. Right, where are we up to time-wise? We've got a few minutes left. We always try to do a favourite podcast book app of the month. Just a quick shout-out for this one. I came across it because um, our good friend Paul Lim, Action Coach, we were having a chat about podcasts that we listened to, and he suggested that I listen to Build to Sell by John Warrilow. It's become my go-to when I'm walking around. Ah. Really, really interesting podcast. It's called Built to Sell Radio. And the idea is, is that he interviews a different person every week who has grown a business with the intention of selling that business. Right. So it's all about what the um, processes they've put in place are, how they've built it to not be reliant on the business owner um, as the person that has to be there, and basically what lessons they learn. And there's very interesting questions when he interviews them, such as... When you got to the point of selling, what was the weirdest or the dirtiest trick that someone looking to buy your company did to you? And you often get answers Mm. like, we would start a very friendly conversation on WhatsApp and they'd just be chatting about my family because they felt if they built a personal link, they'd be able to dig into questions about the business and offer me a cheaper price for it and stuff like this. And I just find it a really fascinating podcast because it brings together that personal and the business, but there's Mm. a lot of lessons to be learned from there as well. So we'll stick a link to that in the notes. Built to Sell Radio by um, John Warrillow. There are, I think off the top of my head, about 400 episodes. Oh, wow. Gosh, so loads to go at. Yeah, and they're like an hour, an hour and a half each. They're really in-depth. The first one I listened to that Paul recommended is the guy who um, won The Apprentice a few years ago and he built Climb SEO, the SEO agency, alongside Alan Sugar. Oh, okay. Built, sold for like 7 million in the end. But he talks about how from day one with Alan Sugar, the whole idea was to build to sell and take it from there. But yeah, really, really interesting. Well worth a listen to. Mm -hmm. Right, I think um, we need to think about wrapping up, actually, because our time, as always, is done. Very quickly, plans for the next month. Um, I know your focus now, everyone's back to school, is getting people to dive right back Mm -hmm. into their inboxes. Yes, so if you haven't opened your inbox yet, or you have done and you've closed it down again, or you've... um, 
even contemplated the select all and delete button um we have an absolute corker of um an online course for you uh four weeks worth of content but you can digest it all in one go top level tips uh, that we share as part of our Zen for Inbox process. So you might have an overflowing inbox at the moment. We can sort that out for you and help you get that back down to a manageable number and then create a process in future that then helps you do your emails with with Zen and Calm. And it might never be at zero, uh, but you know, you're know you kind of on top of it and you know where you're up to. Uh, we've got a load of stuff happening in the Productivity Club over the next few months. Um, loads of back to school stuff, but also new to the platform, we've got uh, loads of journals as well. Um, there's been uh, loads of people asking to do journals and handouts and workbooks. So we're starting to create those uh, really affordable costs. So check those out at productivityclub.co.uk. Perfect. There will be a link down below as always. I did see actually something you shared in the productivity group the other day where you ran a little competition for whoever's got the most insane yes. inbox. Um, I wasn't sure whether that should be the rules of the competition, if I'm honest, because you were also, you were almost kind of rewarding someone <laughs> yeah. that, that wasn't, yeah. wasn't doing it right. Yeah, so uh, Gulnaz Brennan won that. Uh, so congratulations, Gulnaz, if you're listening. 21,000 um, unread emails. Yeah, she had a lot of emails. And I get <laughs> that. It's not about supporting in terms of like, well done for having an overflowing inbox. However, hopefully the prize of access uh lifetime access to the course will help her reduce that in future she'll definitely benefit she'll yeah. definitely will but it felt to me a little bit like that time at school when you yeah. have a day trip for the naughty kids yeah maybe maybe for the maybe for next month i'll do something for, <laughs> for the people who've been really optimizing their productivity so stay, stay tuned for that it is fascinating though isn't it because the, there are and i've heard you talk about this when you do your speaking um elements of your work there are such simple tricks you can apply to your email yeah, to make exactly. it work. And I know the one that you talk about a lot is just pure organisation, having folders for certain emails. So even if it's not something you can act on straight away, put it there, but you know where it is and you know you need to go back to it. It's the difference between ham, spam and bacon. Let's not go into that. Yeah, Let's there we go. Find out for Absolutely. So if, you, if you want to know the difference between ham, spam and bacon, and it's not just price point, then... <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to be buying the Zen for Inbox strategy. Um, I think that there's also a, a, a free introductory download, isn't there, that people can get? Is there a worksheet? Am I making this up? You are, but okay. I mean, I, we can create one. We can create one. There's loads of stuff. There's also um, new this month is a priority matrix, which you might have seen. So I think that helps people on their journey for deciding what emails are priority and what are actually junk because sometimes you can be a bit overwhelmed by the fact there's sheer number of stuff in there so that's free to download if people are interested it's in a process called the eisenhower matrix and you can find that on productivityclub.co.uk as well perfect as always it's been amazing spending half an hour chewing the fat the fact that i've cut off my bacon because it makes it much leaner <laughs> still not in the bacon link yeah 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 email. emails brilliant love it don't know what they mean but i'll throw in the reference <laughs> i'm definitely going to do the course myself um, good idea <laughs> we appreciate your time as always we hope it's been useful do check out the show notes underneath for um, references to everything that we've talked about in today's podcast and when we speak to you next we will be on the back end of Halloween. Oh yeah, gonna have so much feedback on all of the horror films, so stay tuned for that. Literally no tech, we're just gonna talk. Yeah, 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 I mean, I could totally do that. Maybe we do a film special. (laughs) That sounds good. Perfect, have an amazing month, we'll see you again very soon. Thank you from Darren and Liz, Digi Enable, Um, enjoy the rest of your month. Have a good one, bye.